Good morning, how's it going? My name's Andy Kelly, welcome to Water's Edge Church. We're almost to the end of our series, Finishing Well, A Lifelong Journey with the Messiah. And we've had some really good conversations in this. In fact, I'd love to recap where we've been. First week we started about this idea that we all run races. And the question is, are we running with God or not? And then that race always begins with receiving God's affection, allowing God to eliminate the hypocrisy in our lives, to live with hope, to contribute. Today we're talking about legacy. And the last week, we'll be talking about beginning today, essentially how the passion of Christ and the cross of Christ informs our daily walk. But today we're talking about this idea of leaving a legacy. And as you get older, a question that comes to mind often is how will I be remembered? Will I be someone who sees others or will I be someone who's focused on my own to-do lists and my own agenda? Am I a dad who's fixated on the phone or fixated on my kids? Am I a friend who is quick to call and listen or just text when I need something? A lot of things to think through as we think about this. And uh, I think a lot of us think about this. How will I be remembered? What will be my legacy, so to speak? But as we step into our passage within Matthew 26, I, I want to reflect a bit differently about this question. I want to consider less about how I'll be remembered and more about another question. And then eventually I wanna have a host of people and you'll miss it if you weren't in our gathering today, if you're listening to this podcast, who I believe reflect differently about this question as well. So with that, let's jump into the scripture. We're reading Matthew 26, verses one to 13. Scripture says, when Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, as you know, the Passover is two days away and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people ascended in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and they schemed to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or there may be a riot among the people. While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume which she poured on his head as she was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste? They asked. This perfume can have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And as we consider our conversation today, I'm going to repeat that last verse. Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, 
what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And this is where I want to camp out today. There are a few figures in this passage, but none are as prominent as this woman. There is Simon the leper. Likely this is some prominent figure who Jesus healed at some time. Seems like a pretty cool dude. Then you've got the disciples. We're not going to bother with their indignance. We're not going to bother with the critical insecurities of Judas Iscariot, who in this moment, as we see in other Gospels, will, will use this as an opportunity to betray Jesus. We're not going to bother even with the religious leaders. We've talked about them and their obstinance to Jesus. Yes, they're going to plan to kill Jesus. What I want to think about is this woman, because those other people have an incorrect view of Jesus. Whereas this woman, I believe, has a very clear knowing of who Jesus is. So clear. This is her king. Jesus is her beloved. So who is this woman? Who is this woman? Well, most of the Gospels confirm that this is indeed, in John 12, Mary of Bethany. Mary is the sister to Lazarus and Martha, and she's mentioned two other times in the Gospels. One is in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, where she is said to be sitting at Jesus' feet. And that phrase, to sit at his feet, is to, to be a disciple of Jesus. She is one of his disciples, and also someone who's very close and near to him, dear to him. She's also found in John 11, when Jesus raises her brother Lazarus from the dead. She is portrayed as an amazing woman, and this is her last clear portrayal in scripture. Mary knew that this was the Messiah, the King, the King who raised her brother from the dead, even as he talked about his own impending death. I think another question that comes up is where did she get the money? And I've heard sermons talk about this money being her dowry, which was a, a financial commitment, a marriage settlement, uh, and therefore she was unable to marry, um, which I cannot either confirm or deny that. It sounds great, really beautiful. What I can say is that this is a very expensive ointment, likely imported from India in this alabaster slash marble uh, casing. Mark 14, I believe, says that it would likely cost more than a year's wages. So what we know is this gift was a sacrifice. Uh, one of those sacrifices that is almost certainly one of the greatest investments we can make. So was it a waste? Was it a waste? Well, as we can see, the only thing wasted in the Gospels is God's Son. And, and this act actually shows us quite a few reminders, truths that we need to take hold of today. That worldly treasures are a burden until they're given to Jesus. That any and all devotion to Jesus is, is never wasted. Never wasted. And finally, and this is where I want us to think about this idea of legacy, is that love for God and others does has an impact that will go on for generations. That will go on for generations. This woman is recognized in Mark's gospel, Matthew's gospel, and John's gospel. 
Luke even has an account about a similar story that I don't think it's Mary and Bethany. She's remembered, and this story is remembered today. Now, did Mary know that this was going to be her legacy? I don't think so. I just think she just loves Jesus. I don't think she was considering the complete significance of this moment. <clears throat> I don't think she was asking that question, hey, how will I be remembered? Will this be a legacy? I just think she adored her beloved, adored this king. And that's where the legacy shift needs to happen. It's, it's not about how much will we be remembered. We gotta shift from that question, how well will I be remembered? And, and consider this question, how can I love well today? That question of how will I be remembered really is insignificant compared to the amount of how well can I love today? That is the question that matters. That's the question that leaves an impact without our need for significance or our need to leave an impact. This money had been given to the poor. What's so ironic about that statement is that any love that we do have of the poor, any generosity we exhibit is rooted in an unabashed love for Jesus. It's the motivation we have to give to the poor is our love for God. It's, it's this extravagant, lavish love that we have for God that motivates and, and pushes us to, to move towards God's other precious, other precious people, which include the poor. Now it's been said, it's been said that the only earthly possession Jesus took to the cross was this oil. And as you think about it, as Jesus was stripped of everything, all his clothes, as he was tortured by enemies, abandoned by friends, separated from the love of the Father, Jesus gave up everything. But I think there's a mystery here in this moment that we need to consider. Because part of what makes this anointment, which is used for anointing the dead, is that the aroma would last for quite a few days. It would last. And even in the midst of the blood of the crucifixion, the sweat, the mud, the dirt, the sour wine, there would have been an aroma there, a beautiful aroma that I believe gives our Lord a sense of consolation on that cross to remember why he went there. When you die on the cross, Jesus died from puncture wounds. He died from brutal exhaustion, but you also die from asphyxiation, this inability to breathe because you can't hold yourself up. You need to actually hold yourself up to be able to take in the air and eventually you die from suffocation. And I like to think about Jesus' last few breaths, taking in, yes, the horror of that day, but also a faint scent, an aroma of why he's there, of the devotion that he gives and the devotion that he will receive. Scripture says in Hebrews 11, it's for the joy set before him that he endured the cross. He scorned its shame and sat at the right hand of the Father.
Jesus offers so much in the cross. He offers forgiveness for sinners. And Mary is a sinner. She receives forgiveness. From the cross, he offers justification. This idea that we are holy and blameless in Christ's eyes. But we have to remember the root of it all. It's this extravagant, unabashed love that God has for us. And it's this love and, and only this kind of love which really frees us to love God and love others. That allows us to wake up in our day and, and, and not fixate on how well I'd be remembered, but actually to unknowingly live a legacy where we can love well today. So much so that people may even anticipate, oh, am I gonna see Andy today? I love that kind of love. Am I gonna see Courtney today? I love that kind of love. It's the type of love that lasts. And so now I'm gonna transition into talking with some others who I believe love well. And if you're not listening today, or if you're not with us today, I would encourage you to join us each and every Sunday at 10 a.m. Some next steps for this message is simply this. To share with three people about God's precious love in your life. Think about three people and share about God's love he has for you in his life. To join our aunties and uncles ministry, you can email uh, claire at bradfordclary at gmail. I want us to discover opportunities to serve our local refugees. You can email me, andy at thewatersedgechurch.org. And then to support Water's Edge by giving financially. Until then, I'm going to pray for us. Lord, I pray that we would have a peace from you that transcends understanding. Peace that guards our heart and mind, Jesus. We would know your cross, Lord. A cross that frees us to love well. Holy Spirit, you would dwell deeply in our lives. And we would invite you even closer this week. From the love of God the grace of Jesus, and the fellowship that is in your spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.